0: Me your feet ain't grabbing We bought to sift for an hour, bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he didn't sober up. Brandon T comedy on your social media fees. And Brennan Tassiv is your ex drinking buddy. Brennan tassive is your ex like buddy. Bring a tassive is your ex-drinking buddy. Brennan Tassiv is your ex like buddy. What's up everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassive is your ex-drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the show, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It was my favorite thing to do. Hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs, get in all sorts of trouble, and reminisce about fun old stories. I am sober now, but that is still one of my favorite things to do. Hang out with a friend and reminisce about crazy old stories. Most weeks, I'll be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. I am joined by hilarious comedian, Kalen Palufo.
1: Hi, how's it going? It's awesome. How are you? <laughs> I'm good.
0: I'm good. Fantastic. Uh, before we get too far into anything, I know you have a podcast. I know you've been touring. Uh, plug everything up front. This yeah. will come out in about 10 days.
1: Sure. Uh, at Caitlin Palufo on all the things. Uh, Instagram is the most important because uh, that's where my link tree is with all my shows. I'm on the road every single weekend in July. So make sure you come. check. I'm going to Connecticut, Alameda, other places that I can't <laughs> think of right now. That's why, I just go to the link tree. go to the link tree, And then um, I have a podcast very similar to this called Good Time Gal, yes, where I interview um, comics, my friends, uh, about uh, drinking stories. So I'm never on this side of the table. This is exciting. I
0: know, I'm excited to have you on because yeah. uh, when I first moved to New York, it was around the time that Sam's documentary came out. Yes. And you were in that talking about how you just got past mm-hmm. the cellar. Mm-hmm. And I remember I got here and literally... Like my second day here, I went to the because I hang out way too much at the stand, but it's a long story. But I Mm -hmm. went to the stand and you were on a show and I was like, who the
1: hell is this? (laughs)
0: Because you're so energetic. You have so much energy. And from that moment, I was like, oh, this is she's hilarious. Like I need to follow her on everything. And then I saw your podcast and I was like, what?
1: what is yeah. this? It's like, this is my show. Yeah, I know.
0: And so I, ever since then, so I've been here for 11 months now, but when that happened in the back of my head, I was like, one day I got to get Caitlin on the
1: yeah, podcast. for sure.
0: We obviously have, um, a lot of things in common. You're a former college athlete. I'm a mm-hmm. former college athlete, uh, Some of the stories that you tell, be it on stage or when I was talking to Steven, because we had him on the podcast, your
1: fiance, (laughs) (laughs) we
0: we were talking about how you do like to drink and stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be this is going to be fun. So since you're new to this show, I know a lot of people know kind of your background and stuff just because you are so popular. But just tell everybody kind of how you got into stand up, like how that whole thing started, because. As a former athlete, I always find that fascinating, the transition to go from super competitive, like alpha, to like, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm going to get on stage and talk about. Be extremely vulnerable. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I uh, well, stand-up is something I always loved. I grew up watching uh, stand-up. Okay. Uh, my favorite comic was Dane Cook in high school, as was everybody's, yes, right? mine too. Uh, and Chelsea Handler, those, I, I loved them. I could have watched Chelsea lately every night yeah. for the rest of my life. And I
0: say it all the time. Dane, I got into stand-up and I was watching Mitch Hedberg and Tom Rhodes and stuff, mm-hmm. and I, that never computed because they were hilarious, but that wasn't my style. Yeah, I saw Dane on Comedy Central like everybody else did, mm-hmm. and I was like, that. I want to yeah, do yeah. that.
1: I want to be the Kool-Aid man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 100%. Naughty, naughty Kool-Aid. <laughs> and then, um, and then uh, David Tell. Yes. You know, you, and then that's my favorite. Love Skanks it. for the Memory was my favorite thing of all time. But I... Was a big idiot, and I thought that if you did comedy, you had to go to school for it. <laughs> I know, isn't that so laughable now? Like, I literally, I had a, I had, a, I got a undergraduate degree and a master's degree, and the whole time I was doing, it, I was like, I could do, I would always love to do comedy. And what I'm did thinking. you go to school for? I went for art. Okay, I went uh, undergrad for photography and uh, media arts, media studies, or whatever, and then grad school I did. Uh, video photography and performance oh wow yes um so and the whole time i was like ah if only i went into writing or something like that or acting because that's what i thought you had to do in order to be a comic and boy you don't have to do shit (laughs) yeah you can literally be anyone i went to my first open mic and i sat in the back and i watched and i was like oh i was so wrong
0: That happens to me now, and I I, I say it a lot, but that happens to me now. I'll go to certain shows, like produce shows, Mm -hmm. and I'll be watching because... I I've talked about it before, but I started in 2009 mm-hmm. and then between drugs and arrests and booze, it just like, you know, it went off the rails then on the rails then mm-hmm. off the rails. So then when I got sober, I really got back into it. And I was like, I can't move to LA or New York until like I get an hour. I get the podcast going. So that's what I worked on tirelessly mm-hmm. for four years. Then I got here and everyone was like, Oh, nobody gives a shit. And I yeah. was like, Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, then, but then same thing though. I'll go to open mics or I'll go to like a show with like a different club mm-hmm. and I'll watch. and I'll go, I'm I'm better than these people. Like, <laughs> yeah. this isn't that hard.
1: <laughs> it's wild. I saw a guy, my first open mic, I dragged my ex-boyfriend to come with me. And we sat in the back and then people were like, you're not going up? And I was like, no, I just want to watch. And they're like, why? Where was this at? <laughs> New York Comedy Club before okay. Emilio took it over.
0: So this was your first... So, are you from New York? Are you from the area? Or? No,
1: I'm from San Francisco, but okay. I moved here for grad school right after undergrad. Okay. And then, um, so
0: you just you were in the city. So you started stand up in New York City. Yes,
1: which I do not recommend.
0: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's intense. Yeah, it
1: was wild. Um, I mean, it was great because you could get better, like more stage time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Faster.
1: Um. But you need to have like, a. I feel like you just need to have a home base, you know, somewhere where people can see you bomb and say all the delinquent shit that you're going to say. Well, not only that, but I I know. And forgive you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, I was going to say, because in in the scene that I came from, and I started in South Florida, but I'm a Florida comic. Like I started Mm -hmm. in South Florida. I worked in Daytona and then Jacksonville was kind of my home base when I got sober. And there the because there's not an oversaturation of comedy Mm -hmm. the mics are like shows yeah like especially some of the newer people will bring all their friends so there's almost always an audience yeah so it turns into this thing where you're like oh yeah like some nights you will literally crush at an open mic and you're like fuck i'm fucking killing Mm -hmm. then you come to new york and it's like oh no open mics are five comics sitting in the back of the room that's why everyone was so shocked when you're like no i'm not going up i just want to watch yeah
1: yeah they were like what only comics come to this thing I saw a guy have a mental breakdown. He was second to last. He laid down on the stage and just started making noises. He was like, wah, 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 wah. And and one guy was like, I'm going next. What the hell? (laughs) Like, And I was just watching. I was like, is this real? This is what it is? This is crazy.
0: Well, and the other thing, too, is you'll get some people, and i Everyone knows this. Whoever like, like comedy is my entire life. Like I moved to New York for it. I when I got sober, my whole thing was like I was on the edge of like relapsing or like mm-hmm. becoming suicidal because I was like I don't have a purpose. Yeah. And then I got back into comedy. It's the only thing that I've ever cared this much about. Yeah. But then I got here, and so I I only say that to say like I understand you can treat it as an art, a craft. Like for some people, it's very important. But then I'll be at open mics and I try so hard to give these comics the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, oh, they're, they're expressing themselves, they're doing them. But in the back of my head, it's still like, what the fuck is going on?
1: Yeah. I mean, I try not to judge, you know. I try, I try, to be try like, not to, but I'd be like, hey, you're out there. You're the you're hard part it, yeah. is doing it, and you're doing it. And I mean, you're learning, <laughs> you know. Um, but it's also like, but everybody go. I feel like the first three years you do comedy, everything should be wiped away. Yeah. Like you should just, no one should ever remember anything you said. Have you said. ever listened to those sets? Oh, it's so painful. You want to die. Yes. Just want to murder I was
0: I was updating my hard drive. Of the other day, and I had some old sets in there, and I wa- i literally watched like 14 seconds of
1: one of them, and I was like,
0: "Delete, delete, delete, delete." I was like, "I can't, I'm gonna throw up."
1: <laughs> I watched, uh, what was it? Oh, so th- when I first started doing comedy, I went through a breakup, and I uh, was that
0: the gentleman that was with you at the first open mic. Yes, okay. yes,
1: turned out not a great guy. Um, but anyway, we don't have to talk about that. Uh, I hope you're living well, whatever. Um, anyway, so. <laughs> I literally Googled how to start stand-up comedy. Okay, I just That's Googled one way it. To do it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. and you know, Laughing Buddha. Mm-hmm. They uh, they have these free seminars, and the free seminar came up right away. How to get started in stand-up comedy? Here's a free seminar. So I was like, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go. It's free. There's drinks there it's at a bar this is perfect yeah. you know. And so I go and then I couldn't figure out how to get downstairs. I didn't know where it was. I came to the bar. It was at the
0: So many times.
1: Yeah, what was it? It was at the Old Lantern. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say that's And then I saw a guy walk downstairs and I was like, "Okay, I'll just go downstairs." And I went downstairs and I sat and I watched the whole thing and I learned I was like, "Okay, this is manageable." And then um at the end of the the seminar everybody they put everybody's name into a hat and whoever they pulled got a free class and they pulled my name
0: oh okay yes now we're cooking now
1: i was like well now i have to do it's, it it's, you know yeah it's fate. yeah pretty much it's fate. i was like holy shit okay i guess i yeah all right i can't and so <laughs> i'm a comic i'm a comic now and but i went to my first class and i didn't know you had to write jokes <laughs> This is how sad and pathetic I was. I thought that Dave Attell, Skanks for the Memory, he just was winging it the whole time. I was like, oh, he's just... I'd maybe been to one comedy show my whole life.
0: There are people I I bring um, to either the cellar or the stand, like especially when my girlfriend Savannah's friends are in town, I'm like, oh, we got to go see a show. So we'll go. And I'll see like, you know, Soder or List or you or like some of these, like some of the most prolific comics in the world because New York is the center of comedy. Mm -hmm. And they'll watch it and they'll be like, I can't believe they just came up with it. And I'm just (laughs) like, I'm like, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, totally.
1: Honestly, the successful people make it look like they just came up with it. Exactly. But
0: and I've even seen. There's certain comics who will do the same crowd work at every show. You know, mm-hmm. they've got the, they've got it set in their head, and then they'll just find the people in the crowd that look like whatever yeah. they want to say, and they'll be like, "Man, that it, it was the crowd, so it had to be off the top of the head." And I'm
1: like, <laughs> <laughs> No, nope, there's tricks, baby." Oh yeah, yeah, I have like. You do it, the same jokes long enough that, you know, people, if they heckle, you know you how know to respond to each back, one, yeah. you know? So you're like, oh, on the 5% chance that they do heckle, I have a response for every single heckle, yep. <laughs> you know?
0: And it looks like it's just coming off yeah. the top and of the head. Yeah. I'm just like,
1: yeah, no, I'm going to call you leprechaun. And, <laughs> you know, like something like that. You know, yeah. I've never, I don't think I've ever called anyone a leprechaun, but. <laughs> for our Irish <laughs> listeners. Yeah. <laughs> top of the morning, Tuna, <laughs> or whatever. That was a very bad Irish <laughs> accent. <laughs> SNL, don't call. All right.
0: so you you do the class you show up no material written none so what did did you panic did you just wing it like what happened
1: i went very last and i was trying to write like notes because i had Always, you know, you daydream yeah. about doing comedy. And had, since you
0: were such a fan of stand-up, have you always just been like a funny person, like in your group of friends and stuff?
1: Yeah, I was always the class clown, the loud one. Yeah, I was always loud and obnoxious. Yep. And people were like, Caitlin's being crazy, you know.
0: I got that. But I too.
1: never, like, I never wrote a joke. I, like, journaled funny thoughts, yeah. you know, but never like a setup punch. And so I went up there and I just kind of riffed. And...
0: Um, How did it go? It
1: went... I got one laugh. Okay. Which... I mean and I was talking about my thighs. Yeah. And uh do when you still I still do that joke? I well oh, that's the thing. It morphed into a joke that yeah. I did on Colbert. It always does. I know. And I was like, What the fuck? <laughs> like Yeah. And then I, the they had their graduation show and so I recently watched that tape. Yeah. And I watched that and I was like, oh, my God. And then I was like, that's actually a good joke. (laughs) And I was like, I got to bring that back. That was good. And then but I was just like, I can't function. I'm standing still. Ah. It's like a far cry from what I have become. (laughs) You know, I was just like, literally just. Uh, Just not moving Not moving at all
0: It's so interesting you say that So I did uh, When I first moved here Everyone was like Oh you gotta do the industry room The industry room That's like kind of the uh, You know the freshman Almost like a comedy class But it's not like, if you- Is that Broadway? Yeah Okay So like if you've been doing comedy And you don't want to do like you know what I mean? And you, you want to do like an actual show and you're new to the area. It's kind of like the, what you do. Yeah. So that's, I I did Broadway and because I'm high energy as well. I mm-hmm. move all over the stage and yeah. I do act outs and all sorts of stuff. Like I've got a story about cutting my own face open in a fight when I was drunk and like, I've got a whole like, th- like it's a three minute bit and I'm everywhere. And I go right before I go to get up, the the booker walks up and he goes, uh, you know, he's telling everyone in the room, he goes, you're going to see an X on the stage. We're recording this. So don't move from the X. Oh my God. And he says this like, as they're calling the first couple of comics Kiss out of there. like of don't death. move from the, and I, and I've been doing it long enough on and off where I was like, okay, I can. And I made it work. Like I just was very animated in mm-hmm. that little in, on my mark, but I was like, oh, this joke hits way different when I can't do yeah. everything I do. Like it seems more of like an intense
1: story than a, mm-hmm. than a joke. <laughs> I know. What are we, is this? The moth? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, it's insane. But when I did Colbert, they um they literally Jessica the Booker yeah she knew that I move around yeah and so they put down tape. Oh, like, see, that's awesome. This is awesome. as far as you can go. This is as far left as you can go, but go nuts. Yeah. But literally they had to tape out. Because normally not pass it's just that line. little X. Yeah. And
0: they're like, that's your mark. And yeah. it's like, oh, I need more. I'm yeah. going to need a lot more room yeah. than that. Yeah,
1: she was just like, go for it. There and I was go. like, okay. And so you literally see me. I'm walking around and my friend Ron on Hirschberg, he was like, it's like you're in a club. What are you doing? <laughs> I was like, this is who I am. <laughs> oh
0: my God, yeah. that's awesome. So what was the... Kind of the start like, and then I want to get back to college and, you know, athletics and all that kind of stuff. But what was the start like in stand-up starting in New York? Were you just hitting open mics like crazy after the class or? But because... In all honesty, like I said, when I saw you, I was like, oh, my God, this woman's hilarious. One of the funniest people I've seen because you had that same energy that I like. Like so many New York comics are very kind of like they're hilarious, but they're like, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to stand right here. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to move. And it's about the words, which obviously full credit to them. They're much better writers than I am. But I was just like, come on, let's
1: get it going. I call I tell Steve they're slow talkers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, ah, he's a slow talker.
0: And so. How was it, because you came up in that environment of, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of New York comics that are like that, so how was it for you? Were you just doing open mics and you just kind of fell into this like, well, this is who I am, so this is what I'm going to do? Because it takes comics so long to find their voice, but it seems like you've kind of expedited that entire process.
1: Well, I started um, doing The Laughing Buddha, I was there for like two years, just really, just only doing open mics there, Yeah, Uh, maybe not two years, I would say like. Six months. Okay. But then I know I was like, "Well, that, let's hold on. We can't be a little hyperbolic." <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, the class was. Six, I don't know. Anyway, um. But my first like, while I was taking the class, and like a few months after the class, I was only at Laughing Buddha. I was terrified of anywhere else. It was yeah. like my safe space. And then I started hosting those mics, and that's what changed everything. Because hosting those mics, you literally go up in between every person. And you have to riff. Yeah. Um, and so, and that showed me how to run a show, how to think off the top of my head, how to go first, which is really hard. Very difficult, yeah. Um, I made a lot of mistakes, but what are you going to do? And, uh, but yeah, hosting was that's that's where I learned my energy and like quick thinking and, yeah. the, you know, the zingers, you know, and um then I started hosting at clubs. That was my first in. Hosting bar shows and then clubs. Okay,
0: so you went from the open mic to hosting the open mic to hosting bar shows to hosting at clubs.
1: Yes. What was the
0: first major club you got passed at in New York? New York Comedy Club. Okay.
1: Yeah, Amy uh, Hawthorne, God bless her. She's where I got engaged. Uh, She worked with Steve, yeah. And actually what's crazy is he proposed to me in the same club where i had my first show okay that's lovely. i know that's and he synergy. had no idea Oh, he didn't i no. was gonna say
0: that sounds like something steven would like no. just jot down in the back of his head and be like i'll remember that
1: uh, it's funny because like the day we got engaged i got a little high <laughs> and uh, <laughs> to go to bed because i was all like hopped up you know yeah uh and so i, I usually smoke like two puffs of a joint and then fall asleep. Um, but I was like, sometimes I spiral. And I was like, oh, no, I'm, I forgot. I'm going to spiral yeah. about getting married. This is a huge life change. And then that's when I made the connection. I was like, oh, that was my first comedy show. And that's when I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. Yeah, And then it was also where I got it. I was like, oh, it's a sign. I'm fine. <laughs> Again, it's fate. It's fate. It's fate. So it's like twice, twice <laughs> in your comedy career. You've been struck by fate. Yeah. It's like, Oh, just you're doing the right thing. Then if all these things fall in line, Absolutely. then you're on your, where you're supposed to be. Does it's it, very horoscopy of me. Um, does, I know.
0: Does it hold a, the club? Does it hold a special place in your heart? Because that was where you first got past, or was it one of those things where you're just kind of like, hey, it's just another club in New York. Or? No,
1: no, The I love every single person who works at New York yeah. comedy club. They're, you know, my heart and soul. Um, they gave me my first shot. There, I was there four times a week yeah. at one point. Before That's, the pandemic, I was there constantly. And so, like, Reg, Joe, all these people, Rachel, like, they're all just, like, family. very much fi- family. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Because the one thing that has been not discouraging, but kind of just different is the fact that it is so business-oriented. And it needs to be. Because it's mm-hmm. New York State. Like, nobody comes here to, like, mess around. Like, it's time to go. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the hardest mm-hmm. way it's ever going to be. And so... I think about that when I think about like, because I'll go to clubs because I work like four blocks from the stand. So a Mm -hmm. lot of times I'll get off of work and I just walk over there and I'll Mm -hmm. just hang out. And I love the staff there. Everyone's so nice. But at the same time in my head, it's like, this time could probably be better served like doing other things to get past here, not just like hanging out. But at the same time, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I consider these people like friends, almost yeah. like family.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then I'll run into other comics and they're like, no, if I don't have a spot, like I'm not going out. Like I, I, I'm not going out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it is like a business up here.
1: Yeah. Because every
0: scene I've been from, it's like, it's a fan. Like the comics, everybody, Maddie Weiner, we had on and she was talking <gasps> about the comedy community. Mm-hmm. Like it's vulnerable and you're by yourself on stage, but there's a whole community of people to like, like, like support you and help Mm -hmm. you. And up here, there is that for sure, but it's not nearly as much as in smaller scenes. Yeah. So was that something that you like had to deal with or did you just make your friends and you're like, this is my crew?
1: Well, I I found my friends pretty Quickly, because at Laughing Buddha, you're forced to. So you have your little Laughing Buddha family, yeah. right? But then, you know, that kind of falls apart. <laughs> uh, we can talk about that off, off mic. But, um, <laughs> but I started doing, because it kind of became a hostile, I started going to other mics and I was doing like 25, 30 mics a week. Oh, wow. Which is the beautiful thing about New York City, but also the curse because then pretty much all my outside friends go away oh, and yeah. I just, you know, dwindled down. But like I found my people just by doing these mics all the time we would Mm -hmm. and then we would put each other's names on lists and try and help each other out yeah that's how i met peter ravello usama eagle you know Mm -hmm. fumi like we all kind of started together just because we were ethan yeah um like we were all just like forced together yeah in a way like maddie smith as well okay yeah stuff like that we all just kind of well, we're at the same mics, so, you know, I'm going to sit with you and we will be friends. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> yeah, I've actually noticed that too. There's, I don't know if you're like me, but I'm a, a w- way anxious person, like super mm-hmm. anxious. Um, and I'm the kind of person where I'll show up to them. I've been here for 11 months now and I'll show up to mics. And if like I walk by and there's no one that I know, it takes like a lot mm-hmm. for me to be like, all right, just bite the bullet and sit down and sign up. Because so often like you'll show up and people go, who the fuck's this new person? Like, yeah. fuck them. And it's like. Guys, I've been here, like I do my, like I do at least five to ten mics a week. Like I come on, I've been doing this for over ten years. Yeah. Like, just give me a shot. Yeah. But a lot of times I get in my own head and nobody gives a shit about me. Yeah. Like my girlfriend makes fun of me all the time. She's like, it's not like nobody cares yeah. about you. And I'm always like, no, they're gonna, they're gonna look at me and be like, fuck this guy. I know. so I'll pace outside chain smoking and then I'll just <laughs> go home. And I'm like,
1: what the fuck yeah. is that? <laughs> I feel like everybody feels that way about the Pine Box Rock Shop mic. Okay, on I haven't done that one. Oh, if you want to get nervous, uh, <laughs> this is, if you want the anxiety, uh, <laughs> it's a mountain to climb. Uh, I used to get so intimidated by it because I did mostly Manhattan mics yeah. and then outer Brooklyn mics. Okay. But never. Um, uh, like the hipster mics, yeah. I've never, you know, I've not. And so I started. Like the first time I'd go in, I'd be like, "Oh my god, you get two minutes, and it's everybody knows everybody, and everybody's very hip and beautiful." Yeah. You know, and doing all these what seem like inside jokes on stage, and you're like, "What? Everybody knows each other? This is crazy." They're all
0: laughing, and you're like, yeah. "I don't
1: get it." Yeah, but luckily, it's literally. Uh, I've always had the personality of like, we'll go in, and um, it will be different the next time you do it. <laughs> It will be easier. You do it once, it'll be easier.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. And
1: so, and now I go to, if I go to an open mic, I'm like... Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's also the blessing of being usually the only woman at a mic. Yeah. It's like, well, you're already staring at me anyway. So, <laughs> what? Well, I mean, I better spice up this open mic. Um, And I know you're going to listen to me because you're going to be like, boobs, you know, like, <laughs> it's very fun. <laughs> so... Uh-
0: and now mm-hmm. you're past a, a, an assortment of clubs. I would say all the major clubs in the city and you tour constantly. So has that been – was that kind of like a realization or was that just like – or like something like – because for me, I imagine what that's going to be like when that happens because it's, it's a win, not a mm-hmm. if sort of a thing. And to me, I'm like, that's it. Like that's the final level. Like that's the final boss is getting past at these clubs and then starting to tour and stuff. For you, as always being a fan of comedy and stuff, has it – has it hit you? I guess is what I'm trying to ask. Of like, oh, I'm. This is it. Like I'm in. Like I'm doing it.
1: Um. Yes and no. Because before the pandemic, I was hosting everywhere, and I always told myself if I ever got to the point where I'm living off of my comedy money um then i've made it yeah. that's all i need i just want to make my bills doing comedy and right before the pandemic i was able to do that that's awesome and then it all went away yep and uh and then it, i literally i went back to my day job i was working in construction and art handling and it was i literally at one point i was Jordan's on got all those bits about doing construction. oh yeah 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 i got her a job motherfucker <laughs> really? yes oh my god i love her so much she's one of my closest i
0: know girl. she's a, she's another one when i saw her i was like
1: This is so funny. Yes, yes, she's a wild child. Um, but uh, actually, her and I got passed at the cellar on the same exact night. Really? Very. Yeah. There's a picture of us just like close to tears, just (laughs) hugging each other. Like, oh my god! You know. God. But um. Yeah. So I remember at one point I was doing construction and I was on all fours scraping paint off of a concrete floor. And I looked up at my boss and I said, I was on TV. And then I (laughs) get downstairs and I just keep scrubbing and scrubbing. And it's like, but obviously by no means does... um, being on TV mean you've made it, no, you know, especially late night, but it's still, I thought it was funny. And he was just like, hilarious. you sure have, you missed a spot. i was <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, right. Do you talk about that? That's hilarious. I mean, maybe I will if I ever become uh, I was on known. T- I was on TV once. <laughs> but, um, but then I was able, six months after getting passed at the cellar, I was able to quit my day job again. Awesome. And so now it's just comedy, which is, you know, it's tricky. Um, I do have to be a little more conscious with my money, but absolutely, it's totally worth it. And then every time I see David Tell perform, or he says, "Hey, Kate, I like that new joke," or something like that, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, it's that's David be,
0: Tell because yeah. it's one of those things where so many people have heroes that they'll never see or mm-hmm. never meet, like whether it's athletes or actors or musicians, and that's just someone you look up to from afar. Yeah, but in our line of work, what we do, we run into those people all the time
1: they're gonna come to buffalo yeah you know <laughs> like so, it's- but
0: it's like it's crazy because it's like especially living in new york like i i told the story before but like meeting bill burr like bill burr is one of my favorites because mm-hmm. i'm like you know I, I have that same kind of storyteller like angry style uh, like i'm by no means in anywhere near that stratosphere but that's someone i look up to is mm-hmm. what i'm trying to say and then one night um my buddy was at the stand and he knows bill and he texts me he's like hey i'm hanging out with bill if you want to come by i'll introduce you and i like I was at work and I was like, "Oh!"
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: and I was like, "I'll be right there." Yeah, um, but I had to work, so by the time I got there, my buddy had left. Mm. So then I'm just standing there, like six feet away from Bill, while he's talking to Verzi at the bar, and I'm like, "He's right there." Yeah. But like a lot of times people and then he like I laughed at something they said because I was eavesdropping and he turns and he goes, are you going to get in the conversation? or just just standing like a fucking creep. And I was like, oh, my God, we're best friends now. Are we best friends? I think we're best friends. Um, so then we were talking and stuff. But it kind of hit me. It's like, oh, this doesn't happen for almost everybody else in the world. You have the people you look up to and you'll just never meet them. Mm-hmm. You'll never get to hang out with them. So for us, and especially for you, to to skanks for the memories is such a a milestone in your life, and then to just have
1: David tell be like, "Hey, Gay. yeah, that's got to be insane." It's insane. He, because we're oh I'm a dirty comic, yeah. obviously, and so I get put on the <laughs> You're on this show, obviously. yeah. <laughs> I get put on the late shows at the cellar all the time, and he closes those out, yeah. And so, um, he'll talk to the host or someone I in the love room. I,
0: I see it all the time. He'll he'll be like, "Hey, come up, here. Will." Come up Yeah, here. yeah, yeah,
1: and uh, he he one time brought me up there, oh, and yeah. I almost shit my pants. Yeah, that's like literally, I was like, and then I remember leaving that night, being like, Oh my god, I'm doing the thing because I used to before I had the guts to even try comedy, I would sit in the back of the cellar and go to the Wednesday shows because that was uh, his dirty show. Yeah. Um, and so they, it was 1130 at night, it started and, uh, he would headline it and I would sit in the back and I'd watch him and I'd be like, Oh my God, you this know, is so crazy. Uh, one day maybe I'll go to an open mic, you know, and then I'm, <laughs> and I'm, now you're on stage I'm, with him. On, on stage with him. Yeah. That's, it's crazy.
0: It blows my mind. Um, I want to talk about kind of, cause you do have the podcast, good time gal. So, I sure do. Uh, I want to talk about some of your good time mm. gal stories as mm-hmm. it were, some of the ex drinking buddy stories. Oobah. So When did you start like were you how do I want to phrase this so in high school or even before that were you always a real popular kid or did you because you said you were loud and kind of like wanted attention the same kind of way I did but I always received the the opposite end of that like I was bullied incessantly all Mm -hmm. through middle school I didn't hit my growth spurt till I was like almost a senior in high school. So I didn't really like get into the party life scene, like actually having friends to hang out with until I was in college. Mm -hmm. So for you, when did you start like hanging out and going to parties and stuff like that?
1: Well, I was really into soccer mm-hmm. and um my grades were fine but they weren't great. Uh and uh This is in high school? In high school. I always say that, but then I realized I look back, I had a three seven GPA yeah, and I was taking like AP classes and I was like, "Bitch, you were fine." yeah, Okay, why were <laughs> I'm like, "They weren't that great." Uh it's that's, like That's pretty you're, fantastic. You're good. Yeah. Okay? Um, I just didn't like it. Yeah. Anyway, um, but I, uh, my sister was also Valley Victorian, and yeah, and I came in my afterwards, a and PhD I was like, PhD from Cornell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, Well, I'm never going to be that. Yeah. I'm always like, I was an IB too. They're like, Yeah, but he graduated
0: with a 5.0. He yeah. graduated with like a 2.9. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, like whatever, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I played <laughs> sure. Division One football, so suck it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I um I was into soccer, so I didn't party at all. I was afraid that if I ever drank, I would be um. You know, taking off whatever list (laughs) that I imaginary list. Your permanent record remember yeah, that that was a thing that we were Absolutely. I was like they're gonna find out they're gonna pee test me and they'll know I had half a Budweiser six <laughs> years ago you know like so I just never drank I never drank in high school I remember going to a party once and being not and not drinking yeah. and uh, just being there being like what? I don't know
0: what I'm doing so yet. did you have like a lot of friends that partied or were you just like on the team and those were your friends and that's kind of the circles you hung out in
1: I had a few friends uh, like uh, they were all very academic academic oriented okay. um, goody two shoes we yeah. were the goody two shoes but we were friendly with everybody yeah we weren't the popular kids but we knew them and we got along with Absolutely. them and stuff you know i don't think i was on any enemy list um i could have been because i in elementary school i was big so i got made fun of for being tall yeah but and then i retaliated by being meaner okay. so, and then i got to middle school and i was like i want to be pretty and liked and so then that changed yeah. uh, i stopped being such a dick <laughs> But yeah, elementary school. I was. I think I was. Well, from what I remember, I was a dick, and my friends sometimes are like, "No, you were fine." And Just like, like you had I bad grades. Yeah. Asshole. Yeah. Exactly. I think of myself as a monster, and they're like, <laughs> "You were fine." Anyway, um, but yeah, and then I got to college.
0: Where did you go to college? UC San Diego. Okay.
1: Yeah, and um, that's a. It's that the a, smart kids again. It's yeah. the smart kids, but it's in San Diego, so it's smart. But then we have a nice time. Yeah. It's not. San Diego State, which is the party school. That's
0: what I was gonna say. Yeah, I've heard yeah. of that one.
1: We're but... um we're the uh, responsible partiers. Okay, I would say. It's a so did you more... go
0: for soccer?
1: I did. I went. I got full ride. Soccer? No, oh. <laughs> I got soccer listed, which just means, um, I think the, you know, uh, that college, um, scandal of how kids were getting into college yeah, it oh yeah, gets yeah. uh put on like oh they're going to try out for the tennis team you know and so the coach would say I want this person and this person in that's actually how I got into college hell yeah it is except i was actually good at soccer yeah. so
0: <laughs> so it was like that's what happened with me i was i say partial scholarship but it's just a preferred walk on where the preferred
1: walk on yes where absolutely. they're
0: like you don't have to try out we want you on the team we just don't have the scholarships to give you or exactly. in my case it was like Yeah, you're not good enough. like, you've never played the position, because I played offensive line all through Mm -hmm. high school, and then I went to be a fullback, because I wasn't big enough to play offensive line. They're like, you've never played fullback, so we're not going to just give you a scholarship. So same thing, where they paid for my uh, meal plan and my books, and they were just like, you're on the team, but you're not, like, a full ride, like, kind of a, so same thing.
1: They were D2, even though they were a really big public school. Uh, The women's team was the only D2. Everyone else was D1. It's something weird. Anyway, but they didn't have scholarships. So you... But the average uh, GPA was like a four two, yeah, and I had a three seven, and so I got soccer listed, and I was like, thank God. But yeah. then, so I think that's why I think I was like such a bad student. It's like, well, everybody else I went to college was had a four one and yeah. four two, and I was like, <laughs> I Turn had a three seven.
0: <laughs> it was it was literally in the same house as me. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I had a I had fine SATs like above average. I think I had a twelve hundred, and I was like, why was I so upset? Yeah, you did I had fine.
0: Okay, SATs, and it's like, oh, my brother missed one question
1: i know right it's so upsetting um it's like a
0: 1592
1: oh my god that's that's literally just like one question (laughs) jesus he'll probably it haunts him (laughs) we're like you're does it haunts him he's like i know what a radius is (laughs) but
0: it's it's funny you say that because i was um an ib which is just like ap on steroids kind of thing but it's like a whole program it's an international program but I only was in it because my brother was in it. Mm-hmm. And you have to like take IQ tests and do all sorts of stuff to get into the program for high school. Jesus. But then I got into it and it was one of those things where I was just always behind everyone. Cause these were like mm-hmm. Mensa level, like yeah. dumb smart kind of people, you know what yeah. I mean? Like too smart. So I always felt behind. And then I remember like getting into college and I hated busy work. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not like, do not tell me to read something and write two paragraphs. Like, yeah. fuck off. <laughs> But then I got to college and it's like, oh no, like you show up because I was a football player. I was able to take like my political science classes as a freshman and a sophomore, which Mm -hmm. I loved. And because I enjoyed it, they were like, yeah, you show up when you show up, like just take the test and write the dissertation at the end and that's it. And I ended up doing so much better in college for that reason. Of course, until I started doing cocaine and drinking every day. I
1: mean, it happens.
0: (laughs) But so for you, when you get into college and you're playing soccer, Mm -hmm. were you still on that, did you still have that chip on your shoulder? Like, fuck, like this sucks or, no. all right.
1: I was finally out of the house. My parents were pretty strict. Okay. And, um, but I was also not interested in drinking or doing drugs in high school, but then I got to college and um, there we had an initiation party. Yeah, you did. So yeah, so that was what, my first. What taste was the initiation for? For
0: soccer? Or for soccer. Okay.
1: Yeah, and it was before school started. And
0: soccer players can drink. Oh my god! Soccer players—they've yes. got that fast metabolism.
1: <laughs> it was wild. Like it, it was a huge party. We they dress us up. We're all wearing diapers. They dressed me up as Bam Bam because I had this huge bun on my head. That's how I could only carry my hair. And so they called me Bam Bam. So That's I had awesome. these like leopard print bikini with fake tits. <laughs> And, uh, bam, 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 bam. Yeah, and uh, and then we're all drinking beer out of a straw in a bowl, and uh, everyone's in the same bowl. Everyone's in the same bowl.
0: Disgusting. Dogs.
1: And then Malibu vodka, or Malibu rum. Yeah, was, we Coconut were just taking rum. shots of Malibu rum. There you go. And I remember being like, "This is
0: this, this is the first this time this. you've ever tasted alcohol."
1: Correct. Yeah, <laughs> it was
0: it was horrific. So what happens?
1: So I get pretty drunk. Um, but I'm still like with it. I'm yeah. together. It's fine. Um, I we get home and I make everybody hot pockets. You know, Aww. like I was very sweet. Yes, and then um, hot but pockets. then I was like, <laughs> I was literally like, this is fun. Drinking is fun. Yeah, and then uh, and then that started the whole thing. So what? <laughs> the whole drinking saga. Yeah. So of-
0: what happened? So you just are you you enjoy? Because the first time I ever got hammered. My anxiety and depression like went away, and I go, "What is this magical yeah. elixir?" Like mm-hmm. I don't feel bad about anything. Yeah, like, this is fantastic.
1: Yeah, I became more outgoing. Yeah. Um, because I was on this soccer team, and I I was a red shirt. Um, I had a I tore my groin, and so they put me on medical yeah, red did. search. Yeah, yeah, it was a whole thing. Um, and so. I felt kind of out of place because I wasn't really on the team, but I yeah. was on the team, yeah, yeah. you know, I, but yeah, I in totally your, you know, understand. in your brain, you're just like, I'm a level below, you yeah. know, but it's like, no, you're fine. You're injured. It's, you're okay. Anyway. And so I, well, um, it's different
0: cause you're not out practicing with everybody and stuff. So you, yeah. you, you, like you said, you're on the team, but you don't feel a part
1: of. Yeah. I, I mean, we even practiced together. We were all practicing. The only thing we didn't do was go on road trips.
0: Oh, I thought yeah. because you were hurt, you were still like, you like you would just be in the trainer's room. I
1: would be maybe. in the trainer's room. I would help warm up the goalkeeper okay. and stuff like that. So I was still very much a part. And then I got better after a month and a half or something. And then I was doing full training. Okay. So then you were back. Yeah. And then I was back and um, yeah, but I. Uh, the, but then I got to the dorms, and the dorms is just like let's all get shit faced so all just the time. Living on campus, living on campus, drinking. I um we would. The thing is, this is a fun story. San Diego, you're so close to Tijuana, and um there was a bus that's in Mexico. That's in Mexico, Mexico. Excuse me, um Tijuana, <laughs> Tijuana, um yes Tijuana, and uh, there's a bus that goes from each college campus. Picks you up and drops you off at the border
0: This is not a I'm assuming this is not a university sanctioned bus No
1: no, this
0: is, a, this is a guy named Billy Bob and his buddies that Pretty are like, much. you know what we should do? We should pick up damn college students and drop them off at the
1: border. Seriously. And you had to like reserve tickets, but right? they still, they still like overbooked it. So people were sitting on people's laps. Was and it, just... What kind of bus was it? Oh, it was like, um, like this
0: detail is going to totally paint the it picture. It had
1: uh, cloth seats. It was like a Peter Pan bus. Okay. Yeah.
0: But was it like, it wasn't an old school, like school bus. No, no, okay, no, okay, no, okay. no. It
1: was like a, it was like a, that would have been hilarious. Yeah. Oh my God god uh-uh. then it's like are we going on to that human <laughs> trafficking bus which is wild to me because it was always like women wearing almost nothing yeah going absolutely. to these clubs in tijuana and we're just getting on a bus and going to the border doesn't it
0: blow your mind how trusting you were and i was when you think back on like some of the stuff that we did 100 like i remember walking home one day from the strip club um on i-95 I was mm-hmm. walking because I was like, I can't drive. Like I'm fucking hammered. Good for you. So I was walking, mm-hmm. uh huh, and I left my phone there. I was out. Shout out to Dirty Dan, is kind of a Jackson. He was in comedy and then he was out and back and back and forth, kind of like what I did. Um, and uh, but I went to celebrate his birthday, and I remember walking home, and I'm like 25. Yeah, and some guy just pulled over on i He's like, Hey, you need a ride, man? And I was like, Yeah, sure. And I just get in the car and I'm like blackout drunk. Like I remember getting in the car and then I felt like I was going to throw up. So I had him like a mile away, like let me out and I threw up and he drove off. And then the cops eventually picked me up and they're like, you can't walk on. This is an interstate.
1: Like, yeah. You can't <laughs> walk
0: on this. I was like, I don't know how else to get home. Yeah. They're like, where's your phone? I was like, I don't know. But it's like I just got in this guy's car.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you can
1: <laughs> We get into this van.
0: Just get into a van. We're
1: in a halter top, not much else. Um, <laughs> and they just so they drop you off on the U.S. side of the border
0: because yeah. it'd be god knows how much paperwork to get across. Yeah, and then everyone just walks across.
1: You just walk across. You show. You have your ID. Um, you just walk across, and then they check you on the way back in. And uh, so I would. Yeah, because they don't care about you going. No, to No, 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 no. Americans can go wherever they want. Fucking entitlement. But anyway, <laughs> I'm not allowed in Canada. Oh, are you a sex offender? No, DUI. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's All like right. a
0: huge thing. Yeah. I talked to Josh about it because Josh Adam Myers got Montreal when he was still dealing with one of his DUIs, and yeah. they're like, "We got to figure this out. Yeah, <laughs> this is just for laughs. Like yeah, you yeah. have to go. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, oh, I yeah. Can go anywhere but Canada.
1: I know, right? Maybe what, they'll do it in Austin. There you That's go. True. There we go. There you go. It's not. See, I'm here for you. Fate. Okay, it's fake.
0: <laughs> so you guys walk across the border. Nobody cares. They're Nobody like, cares. Come on in.
1: Come on in. We go to Club Safari. And okay. I mean, meow. Um, it's it's <laughs> a disgusting. I have a joke about it that I say. It looks like the <laughs> it looks like the inside of a roofie. It just <laughs> it's just it's two levels with go go dancers, but there the girls are the go go dancers. There's yeah. test tube shots. There's leopard print, black light everywhere. The back of the. The place is just volleyball courts. It's so weird. But in sand. So you're just like walking. You're like, what am I? Stipp-? Oh, that's a prophylactic. OK. And so you're just
0: like, it was disgusting. Um, and is this, um, what year is this? If
1: you don't mind. Uh, I was 18. God. Yeah. I don't remember what year that is. A few years ago. A few years. Just a couple. And, um, uh, <laughs> <ago>. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, that's what it looks like. So, <laughs> actually, someone posted a picture of me in college, and I was like, who is that person? Anyway, <laughs> I don't know who she is, but she's. I, I've, so, I've lost busy. 100
0: pounds over the course of like the last decade. Because uh-huh. after I stopped playing football, I was just drinking every day and going to Taco Bell at two in the morning, and I blew up to like 3.15. Mm-hmm. And I'll look at pictures from that, and I'm like, that's insanity like yeah. my face is like like yeah. so round yeah. and i'm always just like hey guys that's me and people yeah. are like no it's not yeah. and i'm like yeah it is
1: i look at myself and i was like you're so small yeah. you were tiny well cuz you played soccer so I played you're, it's soccer. just running all the time yeah and i was just like this tiny little li- like just so small and um i was like ripped and i was just oh, like i'm it. so fat and it's like what I think it was like a size four and it was just oh like... Oh my God, but my friends are zero. Exactly. Yeah, that's And it's what just happens. like, no, bitch, you look great. Yeah, I, and-
0: I, I remember thinking the same exact thing. Yeah. Like when I was in the best shape of my life playing ball and I was like, God, you know, I never have... I don't have abs and I'll never have abs. Yeah. Like, I mean, I have... A, i have very good core strength but it's just the way my body's built and yeah. i used to be fat when i was a kid and then i was fat again so like it's like no you're never gonna have washboard abs but yeah. in my head doesn't matter how good of a shape i'm in and i'm like you fat piece of shit yeah it's i just know that body dysmorphia that comes yes. with being an athlete
1: yeah i think now i'm a size eight or ten i fluctuate i fluctuate and uh and i'm like that's great yeah that's this is great beautiful you're Perfect. fine maybe yeah. one day you'll get to six and then you'll be like who is she you know <laughs> but we're not trying to get to a four or two that's just not that's in the insanity. realm that's insane that's not a human person <laughs> it's not a human female well, those are who's people in her who are 30.
0: genetically just built that way yeah like and there are some people who god are petite em. yeah
1: god love it's em. like no. it ain't me
0: i i say it all the time i like to be in a big crowded area and look around and be like yeah i'm the biggest motherfucker here like, yeah <laughs> god, i like
1: doing that that's fun yeah, I mean, women don't, but yeah, that's okay. Uh, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> women are like, who's the bigger, biggest motherfucker here? <laughs> and I'm biggest? going to stay away from him. <laughs> so you go to Tijuana.
0: Tijuana, we go to Tijuana. You're just 18 years old, just
1: mm-hmm. partying. Partying, getting hammered, getting yeah. very, very drunk. Kid Cudi on the boombox. I mean, I have no idea, but she was dancing. <laughs> and, and then it's time to go home. Kid Cudi's a male rapper. <laughs> Uh, oh, yes. But at the time, I, I don't know if that was. Oh, I meant what was playing. Oh. I didn't know what was playing. I know Kid Cudi is. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Was... Christ. Who is this young Kid <laughs> Cudi? Is he okay? Is he cutting in line? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> he's a dirty little line cutter. Uh, so t- we We come back. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Yeah, so what happens? You got to so come back. So in order to come back, you have to show your ID, and then they look at it to make sure it's not fake, and they ask, what is your country of origin? And if you say the United States of America, oh, boy, you just go right through. You're back. It's great. You're back, I'm back, baby. baby. You're back. And um, so I do this. I, give her, I keep all my money and my stuff in my shoe because I was like, that way no one can steal it. It's called okay. a street wallet. Yeah, pretty much. I was... You know crafty anyway so i give her this smelly id from my shoe and i After give it to her dancing yes all night all night so i give it to her and she goes okay what's your country of oregon and i go your mom
0: no you yeah. didn't i
1: said your mom are you hammered hammered your mom yeah and she just Want to try again? And I was like, America or whatever. And she's like, okay. And then she, oh my
0: God. So she, she gave you a second chance.
1: Well, and then I go across the border and the cop is waiting there and oh. he arrests me and he goes drunk in public. Oh my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I get handcuffed the whole thing, uh, taken into a, a trailer.
0: Did she call or they were just oh, waiting? Oh,
1: I'm sure she did. A, it's this one. Yeah. you know, Because they were just a bunch of cops waiting at the Who's border. mom now? Yeah. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Now I got a new daddy. Oh, God. <laughs> it was so bad. And they put me in the trailer. I'm handcuffed. She asked me what my social security number is. And I don't know. I didn't know you were supposed to know that stuff. Oh, yeah.
0: Especially back then. Because yeah. when you're younger, you don't. No. I didn't it even know. It wasn't
1: until college when you
0: actually needed it to fill out like FAST forms and yeah. stuff. Like the uh, student aid. That's the only time where I was like, oh, maybe I should know this number. Yeah. Because they asked for it on every document. But before that, it's like, fuck, I don't fucking
1: know. Yeah. I had no clue. And the woman is like, I remember sitting there in fluorescent lighting and she's like, I can't believe you don't know. social.'" And I was like, I don't know. But I had put my ID back into my shoe before I got arrested. So they had no way to find out who I was. Oh,
0: yeah. Because you're not. You're on the other side of the border. On the other
1: side of the border. And so... (laughs) So they don't know who I am, so they can't formally charge me. So they have to take me to the drunk tank. Yeah. And so I get put in the back of a van with a bunch of other women. We get dropped off in downtown San Diego, and um, it's uh, literally... The women are in this small corner with two guards standing right there. And then the rest is an auditorium filled with drunk dudes. Oh,
0: so they don't have a separate cell for the No,
1: world. no. And so we're there and we're like chatting with each other. Like, oh my God, show me your tattoos. What do you oh do? God. Blah, 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 blah. Like we're just talking and having a nice time. They have mattresses on the ground. We're treating it like a slumber party. Oh my God. I swear to God, all these drunk guys were like, what the fuck is going on over there? <laughs> hey. And they're like, don't look at them. <laughs> And the, I remember this one woman, she had two gun tattoos just right over her hip bones. Yeah, she. Yeah, yeah. I knew exactly. When you said two gun tattoos, I knew exactly oh, where they yeah. were going to be. Right there. And her and I got along real well. We were chatting. Oh, my God. Blah, blah, blah. And then we're slowly coming down. You know, we're yep. no longer getting drunk. <laughs> yeah. like, and then now the
0: hangover starting to kick in.
1: It's 7 a.m. and I have to go back to school. And I, um, <laughs> was
0: this on the weekend or was this?
1: It was on the weekend. Okay. Yeah. It was so uh, on a class, Saturday night. No, no, I have to get home. And I, um, I have to take, I have to like figure out public transit for the first time. But I, so I finally I get out. They, I have no money to give them. Apparently there's a fee. Yeah. But I is. don't, cause everything's, I was like, I don't know. And so I never paid the fee they have no idea who i am they just let me go and so <laughs> that's that, awesome i know and then my friends were apparently trying to pick me up
0: um, just circling the block yeah
1: but this was i don't i just didn't bring my cell phone at the time because i was like oh you know i'm just we're gonna, all together I, I someone's gonna to steal it yeah. someone's gonna or maybe it died i don't know something like that but i re, i think i remember not bringing my cell phone because i was like you can't use it in mexico <laughs> Uh, Something like that. Anyway, so I didn't have my cell phone, so I didn't know they were coming to get me. So I take two trolleys and a bus to get home. I meet this, I'm dressed like a trollop. (laughs) I'm still dressed in like my hoochie coochie, like "Mm -hmm, I want attention outfit. (laughs) It's seven in the morning. I look like trash. I finally get home. It's like nine o'clock in the morning and I walk into my dorm and it's parents' day. And so they're giving tours of our dorm to everybody. Uh, and like families with children. Were your parents there? No, my parents were not. But the the kids coming in and their parents, yeah. were all walking and, and like, touring. Uh, and I literally look like trash. I look like I look like a hooker. You a look like bit. you
0: just got vomited out of yeah, Tiwanan.
1: <laughs> exactly. And I come walking in. I'm like, hello. And then I crawl up into my bunk. And every I sort of got every half hour it opened again. And this is the room, and this is what. And wow. everybody peeks in. I'm just like. God! (laughs) And then... Let
0: me die in peace. Yeah,
1: I was so embarrassed. The next day I was like humiliated. And then um, a week later, I go to get coffee at our like school coffee shop. And the barista is the girl with the gun tattoos. No. And we look at each other. We both recognize each other and we go... Have a good day. <laughs> and we never talked again. You never spoke again?
0: No. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to know who that person is.
1: I know. I know. Part of me now is kicking myself because I was like, I should have cut. We That was our sign. To, well, like, eventually, I mean, hang out.
0: it's the Internet. Eventually, she's going to hear something. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's from your
1: podcast or the different podcasts you do. Lady with the revolver tattoos, you call me. You okay. Yeah. Send me a sweet DM. If you were in Muir College in year 2000, I don't know. But anyway, if you were a Muir college with two how many of them are there? There can't be. There can't be. And you no. worked at Muir Woods, the coffee shop, and you got into the drunk tank. Call old Caitlin Palufo. She wants to rekindle this flame, baby.
0: Well, I am um, I have a whole bit about it on stage, but I am still like acquaintances, Facebook friends with the person that I had that experience with. <laughs> Cuz I've been arrested 8 times, so it's a whole thing like I talk about a lot of that on stage and mm-hmm. I have a, a whole bit about there's always going to be someone in that's in the cell with you that wants to talk yeah and i go into the whole story but i'm that that's a real person yeah like i'm still friends with them to this day yeah because people will get mad at me because his name is tyrone and i do like the voice and everything and then especially in new york people are like you're perpetuating stereotypes like why can't it be bob and i go because his name is tyrone he's my friend like what are you talking about (laughs) yeah but i i've i've actually called him on like did the facebook call thing mm-hmm. from stage when a lady was like heckling me that I was being racist I was like oh, hold on a second and I called him and I was like hey man can you tell the story about how we met and he he told the story and I was like go fuck yourself yeah <laughs> but those relationships are very important drunk mm-hmm. tank <laughs> cell relationships are very important
1: i mean yeah there's it's also like a little trauma bonding yeah absolutely because you know? like in high or in college me and there's like a group of five people we just got drunk and hammered and in trouble all the time and then in uh how many times have you been arrested i've only been arrested once that one time Knock on one almost got arrested twice but not for drinking but for having a suspended license <laughs> for not paying a speeding ticket it's a whole thing for not paying after getting out of jail. That's probably yeah, <laughs> probably San it's Diego like, called. You don't have my ID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder if I could get into JFL <laughs> because right? I wonder if something's out on mine. Anyway, um, have you ever looked? I've been to when I was twenty seven. I went to Vancouver. Yeah, okay. And I got in fine, so I would imagine. Well, it's something you can look.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, really?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would we'll love to check. we talk about
0: Mike but yeah, there's certain actually. I didn't realize this until I moved to New York, but there's certain uh, backgrounds that the the uh, brokers will run on you, and like the oh. real estate people will run on you, and they'll actually legally by New York law, they have to send you the results. So. Let me tell you, it was fun being reminded of all my shenanigans. (laughs) I get this thing back and it's like, arrest, arrest, arrest. I'm like, I know. Like, you guys. Like, I get it, man. This was 10 years ago. Relax.
1: I'm a good Christian boy now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, how often were you guys doing the Tijuana thing?
1: I did that twice. When I got arrested, that was the last time I did it. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then, so you just had this core group of friends and you guys just continued to party?
1: Yeah, we partied, but we weren't like going out to sororities and stuff like that. Yeah, what was it like
0: to, because I, from my perspective, I know how, like, it's all the athletes would normally hang out with each other. Yeah. Be it swimmers or soccer players or football players. Like, we all kind of- trauma-bonded over the fucking hardships of playing sports in South Florida in the summertime. You know, it was 90,000 degrees outside. So we all just kind of hung out with each other.
1: That's what, when I was on the varsity team, uh, that's what they called it, the varsity team, uh, the first year I would try and hang out with all them, but my close friends were not there okay. you know so I would try and like hey you know and try and fit in but it just didn't fit so um, your
0: close friends weren't soccer players
1: no my close friends we met in the dorms
0: okay and um, always happens.
1: yeah and then I joined the club team so I was a red shirt for uh one year and then I drank and just got out of shape you oh know? really okay yeah. so and so I ended yeah, up tell cut. that story
0: so you, you oh, ended I, up getting cut I
1: ended up getting cut so and you went then,
0: from a, a soccer listed player yeah, to now you're getting cut.
1: Now I'm getting cut. I was the last one cut. Oh. Uh, I know. It was devastating. But at the same time, when I like got home, I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Because it just wasn't – you have to really love sports or that particular sport to put in the work that you need. It's a full-time job. And I just did not love it. Yeah. I didn't love it at all. And um, yeah, I was like, oh, thank God I can do something else. And that's yeah. what made me try and find – another hobby and it was photography. And uh, then I thought you were going to say drinking. Yeah. No, no, well, it could have been, um, <laughs> but yeah, I went into photography, thank God. And then I went to grad school and it, you know,
0: so did you, so you said you got cut and you were kind of almost relieved because <laughs> hugely relieved. Yeah, yeah. And so then did you, did you come off the rails or were you still? Cause I was actually curious how this played out. Cause you talked about like drinking and stuff in mm-hmm. college. And I was like, well, how did that coincide with you playing soccer? But you, you weren't, you were playing on the club team now. Yeah two questions were you dominating the club team were you just like these fucking they have no idea
1: well yeah i was so competitive still yeah. i still had that competitive had something to prove you know and uh yeah i was i was pretty good i was pretty good i would play a lot but i would i was also aggressive like i was trying to hit people the yeah, yeah yeah i i mean <laughs> you should
0: have gotten into rugby did you guys have a club rugby team we
1: did have a club rugby team but i never did it i was just like i play soccer yeah you know i was like i play soccer that's what i do and um and i was good and um but yeah i was really kind of a bitch like <laughs> Like, I was too aggressive. Like, my goal was always to make someone cry. Fuck yeah. I, it's not a fuck yeah situation. It's horrible. Found I feel a i think back at it now. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not a fuck yeah situation.
0: <laughs> no, it's absolutely not. You're 100. That's, sorry. It's just
1: like someone with something to prove. I didn't and, go to the
0: gym yet today. So, sometimes that, like, ah.
1: I know. Out. But, I mean, now that's, uh, I played intramural in New York. Like, uh, just, like, for fun. Yeah. You know, co-ed. And I would, Is it ever, when we're this competitive, is it ever really for fun? That's the thing I had to stop. Yeah. I had to stop because- It's not fun. It's not fun. Other people would get really competitive with me and I've been hit, I've been punched like three times playing intramurals. Wait, what do you mean? Like on purpose or yeah, like- Yeah, yeah. Just someone would attack somewhere? me from the back. Yeah, cause I was, j- I would just hit him and hit him and hit him and hit him. And I was snarky, I was such a little bitch.
0: So was this like within the last, this has to have been within the last few years. Yeah,
1: yeah. I stopped playing because I hurt my knee and I was like, oh, I don't have health insurance. (laughs) What are we doing? Uh, So I had to stop. But, um, and now I haven't come back because it's like, unless I can just come at this with joy and just like pure happiness, you know, and not the competitive... I'm going to break you. Then, uh, Well, Mike Tyson talked
0: it. about it. He did an interview and they were asking him why he wasn't training. And he goes, because once I start, like I can't turn it off. Like yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it comes out. And it's, it's 100% true. doesn't matter, like you said, like whether you're on a club team or you play D1, D2, D3, NAIA. Like it doesn't matter. Like yeah. if you have that much passion for something to where you're going to do it to where you kind of don't have to. And, like in yeah. high school, everyone kind of has a thing. Yeah. But if you do it outside of that, that means you, you want to do something competitive mm-hmm. yeah and it can get real bad real yeah. fast because you're
1: just like no fuck i'm gonna kill everybody yeah. like fuck all of you it's wild yeah it um it was yeah it's not my favorite part of myself yeah uh, I mean, it's, but it is but it's also something that drives us
0: uh, i can i mean i can only speak from my experience but the competitive nature in me is the reason why when i bomb i'm like you're going to go home and you're going to fucking fix it. Yeah. Like, it's your job to fix it.
1: That's why I think uh, athletes are thrive when it comes to stand-up. Yeah. Just because it's repetitive and repetitive and repetitive. And like,
0: it's something we can get better at. Yeah. Like, there's so much stuff in life where it's like, no, that's just how it is. And that's how it is. And you're like, well, I can't. Because a lot of us are control freaks. I know yeah. I am. Where it's like, no, I can, I have the power to change this and make mm-hmm. it better. And then get... I mean, Hannah Burner, too. She played... Uh, tennis mm-hmm. like it's it's weird she we were joking at the stand one night and she goes yeah a lot of comics are either addicts recovering addicts or athletes yeah because we all have that same like just keep going just keep, keep going, going just head keep down going. Yep.
1: and just focus and uh and then that work ethic oh yeah you for have sure to, yeah you have <laughs> to have trauma and then you have to rebuild <laughs>
0: i talk to people at work because i work at night and the only reason i did like i dan lamort and i've had this conversation a million times but he's like why don't you get a day job it's like because i work at a swanky steakhouse and i can make. I can make my rent in three days. Yes. Like, it's like, why would I give that Absolutely. up? Like, to make 70, 80 bucks a, a morning at, like, a brunch. Like, fuck yeah. that. So, but it's funny because he's always like, I'll, I'll talk to people I work with. And they're like, yeah, I sleep until about 2. Then I get up and I maybe go for a walk. And then I come into work. And I work until midnight. And then I go home and go back. Like, I'd stay up till 4, drinking. And then I, I'm mm-hmm. like, I did two podcasts and three open mics before work yeah. today. Like, what are you, what are you <laughs> yeah. talking about?
1: Yeah, I mean, when I, I used to work in restaurants, I was a bartender. Yeah. Oh, baby. In yeah. New York? In New in York. S- okay. For eight years. Were you I really? Think. Yeah, yeah, I worked at the General Green, at Melt and Mayfield. Uh, I he, didn't know, only, know that about you. Only Mayfield is still in uh, functioning, and the they're great people, Mayfield. Um, was Kronheit. that,
0: b- that was obviously before you got into construction?
1: Uh, I was doing it all. You I had like both. three jobs. I was yeah. renting my apartment out on Airbnb, working art handling, um, because art handling, unless you work for a gallery or a museum, it's every time there's a new install. So it's only like twice a month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh,
0: bartending and night. then
1: bartending and serving doing comedy and then doing comedy. Yeah, God. it was crazy. I had like, and I was also working for like three different galleries too. So it was, it was nuts. That's I insane. was, and then I was still doing 25 mics because yeah. I would just like, oh, I have, you know, I would, I, I have four nights off this week. Yeah. So, uh, those four nights I'm going to do five or six mics yep. each time, which you can do in New York. Yeah. And I also did it. And then after I did Colbert. This was my strategy. I instead of uh, doing it by amount of times I got up, I I did uh, how much time I was getting. Yeah. So I would my goal was to do an hour a week. Okay. And so I would figure out uh, how many what mics I did to get to an hour of stage time a week. Yeah. Um, and then I moved it up to an hour and a half when I started doing longer sets, and now I just don't pay attention because I get (laughs) up 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 enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I should probably do it by joke. but anyway, it doesn't matter how many times I say a joke yeah. so that it gets stronger or anyway. There's a lot of math that I could be doing <laughs> and I'm not going to do that. Uh, but yeah, that's what I did. I, I did it by time. Okay.
0: Um, so when you were, when you got into bartending, were you still living that? So you come to New York for grad school Mm -hmm. and then you finish grad school. You start bartending. You're doing all this stuff. Were you living that lifestyle? Because I know I've been doing it since I've been serving since I was 18. So I'm very aware of that. Mm
1: -hmm. That life
0: of. Oh, yeah. After work.
1: After work. Getting hammered. Bartending. Getting hammered while bartending. Yeah. That was
0: the question I was dancing around. Oh, my
1: God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would uh, drink shots of old Overholt with our regulars. Yeah. Yeah. And we would just drink them. Did
0: you ever get in trouble for that? Once. Okay.
1: Uh, only because I got too drunk that I couldn't do the cash register. Yep. It was my second time ever bartending at Mayfield. And my manager at the time, Keith, was like, you have to go home. And I was like, I can't do it. Yep. he's But luckily we were friends. And he was like, just go home and I won't fire you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I came back and I apologized. And he was like, yeah, you're an idiot. Don't get that drunk. And
0: that's how, yeah. Because I had been drinking from 18 until 30 Mm -hmm. so and i've been a server that whole time so there were countless times where i'd come and drunk but i was really good i'm really good at my you know i take everything i do whether it's comedy or work or working out Mm -hmm. like i take everything super seriously so i was really good at it so they wouldn't fire me yeah they'd just be like Come, on. I've been sent home like two or three times. Yeah, because I'd forget my, like I'd keep forgetting my section. Yeah, and I'd be like, "Fuck, what tables are mine again?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I'd like I'd take a table's order and then walk away and forget to put it in, and they're like, "Go home." Yeah, just, like, <laughs> it off. But there are a lot of times you come in and just that right amount of buzz, and that's perfect for that work environment because mm-hmm.
1: you're like, "Hey, everybody!" Yeah. Now it's a party. Yeah, I mean, it was it was wild when I think back because we would. Work our shift and I would, um, you know, just drink a little bit throughout. And then as soon as the customers were gone, it was a party. Yeah. It was because we were all friends. We all loved each other and we just got hammered. Just us in the line. I dated four line cooks. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it was just, they're so fun. And then we would all go to the neighborhood bar afterwards until 4 a.m. Yep. And we would just, and the owners would sit inside and smoke cigarettes and drink with us. Yeah. Hang you out know? You. Yeah. yeah. And it was so, it wasn't like we were keeping it from them or, you know. Yeah. Um,
0: did you ever get into any sort of like, other than the being sent home, did you ever get into any kind of like real trouble or was it just like a good time?
1: It was always just a good time time yeah um i never i'm very good at policing myself are you okay yeah like good, i don't yeah. i don't really do like hard drugs i think i tried coke maybe twice three yeah. times but i was like i always had the stigma in my head of, well
0: and i i can't i used to do a lot of it and now i'm so grateful i don't do because it. it's just me like grinding my teeth like yeah. pacing back and it's like why am i doing this yeah. to myself
1: i would only do it so that i could drink more yeah and then, that was the whole reason. And then I, at seven in the morning, we had, we did a bunch of Coke and I had painted my whole room. I was like, we should paint my room. <laughs> and we did, we painted my room. And I was like, what am I doing? And that was the last time I ever, because the lines are all squiggly. Yeah, yeah. It's not, not great. We should
0: start a business. Yeah,
1: I know. And I was like, well, now my room is green. Like I, <laughs> I was just going to do one wall, but then I was like, we have enough paint to do all, all of right. it. And so we did. And uh, boy, it was what a choice. Um, It was actually a pretty, and it doesn't matter. It wasn't great. Uh, Are
0: you still friends with a lot of those people from the bars and stuff? They come out to shows and hang out and stuff?
1: Yeah, especially the owners. Yeah. They're lovely people, Jacques and Lev. Um, Shouts out. Yeah, shouts out. Uh, Really good food too. Uh, Very friendly. Whenever I go back there, it's always like, going Where's home it a little at? bit uh it's in crown heights okay um i think all there was a whole changeover so i don't know probably don't know any of the servers or bartenders yeah, anymore but that's how it happens but. yeah but i they'll they come to shows you know they'll sh- surprise me and just be like hey i was in the back great job <laughs> yeah lev came to <laughs> uh stand-up new york and then jacques came to a uh, a seller show and then we got drinks afterwards oh that's awesome
0: so when you yeah. tour now and then we'll kind of wrap it up but when you tour now do you do you still like to tie one on
1: well the thing is I never drank before shows yeah that the one godsend for laughing Buddha is when I did that class they said never drink before shows it becomes a bad and habit and that just
0: stuck in your head and it
1: just stuck in my head that's
0: good because I used to get hammered and I'd be at a five minute mic and I'd do 12 minutes <laughs> Of an Arnold impression. You're so bad. I'd be wasted, like, yeah, what do we doing? And everyone's
1: like, get off the stage. Yeah. And like. nobody
0: because I, I mean, even though I was fat, like nobody was gonna like challenge like no. no one's coming at you know, yeah. it's nerds. No one's gonna be like, no. hey, I know you tell the story about cutting your own face open, but we're gonna we're gonna have to pull you off the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they would just let me go. And my cousin was like so because this is a brief stint, I live in Oklahoma City. Uh-huh. And he was trying to get me back in a stand-up and he was so he was like, What have I done? Like this was a horrible mistake. <laughs>
1: You're like, no, it wasn't. I, could, so you I never, could be a good boy.
0: You never drank before shows.
1: Never drank before shows. That's awesome. And, but I would drink after. Yeah. I would have like a couple and then go home into my neighborhood bar where I lived literally a block away from. Yeah. And so I would go party There's with so my friends and then humor. go, oh, yeah, yeah. And um, I was bartending. And so on that block, uh, all the bartenders would just, you showed up and yeah. you knew each other. Yeah, everybody So you knew, get free yeah. drinks. and It's very hang incestuous, out. however, yes. kind of like. 100%. So. Um but I would never drink before shows and now my shows just get later and later and later and later and so now it's like why am I gonna drink at three in the morning Yeah that's so I'll true. have a glass of wine smoke two. Blunts and or two two blunts is a lot. I know. I was like, actually no, that sounds awful. Uh, and then just go to bed. And then just go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've actually become much healthier with my drinking. (laughs) Instead of like binge drinking one night, I drink like the same amount over two weeks. You know what I mean? So I'm uh, it's much healthier now. But that's that's because stand up is stand up saved my life. I'm joking.
0: (laughs) It's so funny that that was the that was the
1: last line you said.
0: I say that all the time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It did in a way. It saved my creative spirit,
0: I would say. Well, it literally, because like I said, when I got sober, I was like, I'm gonna like I'm gonna check out. And Mm -hmm. I've done shit like that before. So it was like one of those things where my sponsors, like, hey, let's let's pump the brakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't we find something for you? Yeah, yeah. And then I got back into stand-up and I'm like, but I'm very much like Stand up, save my life. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on. Plug everything one more time: the podcast,
1: Good Time Gal Pod, um, at Caitlin Palufo, and my link tree. The
0: link tree, (laughs) check it out. And if anybody, if you're in New York, uh, you're at the Cellar all the time.
1: Yes, please come. um, Stand up, Cellar, and then New York Comedy Club. Club. There are a bunch. Perfect. And same with Gotham. Those are my three mains.
0: Boom. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank Thank you, you you, everybody, for listening. Um, yeah this was a lot of fun
1: this was so fun thank you so much of course we did it
0: we did it at Brennan T Comedy on all social media com, and subscribe on Patreon patreon.com slash Brennan Tassif and we'll talk to y'all next week